Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven Fulham podcast. We are now streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Come join me and my dad and my brother and the wonderful community that we have built. Discuss the team that we love and all the wonderful things that are a part of it. We appreciate you all endlessly for following us on this fantastic journey that we are so blessed to be a part of. But let's not waste any more time. Jack, you play that intro and come on. You are from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your full and podcast from down under. Here today for the That's So Craven 22-23 Awards Night, where we get together and celebrate the season that was a brilliant season from Fulham, finishing 10th in the league, and we're here to dish out a bunch of awards. Here to join me, we have Sammy. How are we going? I'm going really good. I'm ready to furiously debate um, uh, the things that I believe, and I'm also here with an open mind as well. So yeah, let's get the party going I believe the first statement, but definitely not the second statement. Dad, how are we going tonight? Yeah, look, uh, I'm well, thanks. <clears throat> I've, I forgot at the last minute what I was going to do. And <laughs> so I've actually, uh, I've, I've decided to just go for the sort of half-baked version of it. But seeing it's award night, I'm getting dressed up. Oh, and, look at uh, that. <laughs> and oh, I mate. actually have my uh, little bow tie slutty. on. <laughs> I was going to say... If you take your shirt off now, you'd uh, look like one of those Chippendales. I was going to say, is this an awards night or a cam yeah, girl? It'll be like, on that, I think. Is this, is this the Please. introduction to your OnlyFans, Dad? Please keep <laughs> it on. Um, so, guys, look, we have a bunch of awards to get through tonight. Um, it's raining down cats and dogs here at the moment. So, uh, sorry if there's any background noise. Fingers crossed there's not. Um, let's get straight into it, though. Um, best signing of the season, guys. It was a great transfer window for Fulham. If you if you have a look at just some of those faces we've got on the live stream here, bringing in some incredible players who have just performed at the very highest level all season long. And not just that, but made such a massive contribution to Fulham's, Fulham's first team this year. A lot of the time we see players brought in and they're good squad players. But the fact of the matter is, you know, looking across it at all of these players that we signed this year, a high number of them could easily be put forward as potential players of the season. So it's be, it's a really tough one to actually hand out, as is a lot of these awards. But, Sammy, I'll start with you. Um, your best signing for the season, I reckon I can guess who it is, considering how much you talked about having his babies this year. Uh, yes. Why don't you kick us off? Yeah, if only I had ovaries. I, I wish there was more nuance. I wish there was um, more intrigue with my answer um, because objectively we've had some amazing signings this year with likes of William and Pereira and even Cold Classic of Vinicius. But it's Jao Palina because I I cannot remember in my in my lifetime Fulham, somebody that I have loved so quickly, so instantaneously. Uh, he's just the best. I've never, I've never felt like so passionately about a central defensive midfielder or a centre down midfielder, um, and to <laughs> invoke so much from me in like 
for that position, like, because it's very easy to love your strikes. It's very easy to love your goalkeepers. But for me to love Jalina the way that I do, the passion that this man instills in me, and I believe all the Fulham fan base, he is my signing of the season. Long live Jao Paulinha. I will not sell you for anything less than 200 million because I feel that you deserve it. He is phenomenal. I love him. Well, speaking of that, Sammy, I'm sure, well, I, I don't know if you did see or not, but Polina in an interview just yesterday, maybe the day before, basically came forward saying how much he loves Fulham, saying yeah. I, don't, I don't see myself going anywhere else at the moment, which means, for me at least, I think we've got Polina for another season. Uh, He's which a lovely... Is- Lovely Portuguese man with a stunning haircut. He's he's fantastic. He's he's, keeping he's, it, he's genuine. I love him. Keeping I love it him. very PG there, Sam, which uh, <laughs> is very out of character for you this season so far. Um, but uh, look, I I fully agree with what you said there. I think, um, Dad, you probably have the same thoughts that Polini has been a standout for us this season, and surprising how he's sort of crept under the radar for most of the season with the mainstream media. I feel like has he all the chat? Has he? I, I think he has. I feel like all the chat's been about how great a signing Casemiro has been for Man United, and he's the best mm. defensive midfield or centre down midfielder in the Premier League, and can't believe what a great player he is. And Polina's been oh, outdoing him week on week, I'd say. Um, and in I terms of importance uh... to a team as well, I think Polina's just right up there. Well, I think. Polina is a bit of an open secret now, or the, the cat's out of the bag. I think mm. people do respect what he is and what he does. That said, the mainstream media, you know, aren't one to talk about Fulham and big Fulham up as one of the sort of mid-table, um, I don't even know if they see us as a mid-table club yet, but obviously to to please the masses, it's easy to wax lyrical about the big teams and um so he regardless of what he does and and you think about it in the past any player who plays for uh other 14 never ever gets that much press it's not just fulham it's Mm. it's a general it's a general thing Mm. i i don't feel that we're being particularly sort of picked on or isolated you know, for this sort of journalistic lack of focus or interest. Yeah. But that's fine by me. Um, the wonderful thing about Joe Polinia is I, I, I think he's passionate, but I, I don't see him as having this big ego that needs to be fed and mm. that can be easily um, – I don't think his head can be turned that easily. I think he's a pretty sensible guy. Mm. And I think he sees – a real opportunity to make a huge career in the Premier League. And I think as much as anyone would love to play for a big club, how good would it be for a guy like him? And I, when I say like him, um, he strikes me as a fairly quiet guy. As I said, I don't yeah. think he's got this massive ego. And for people like that, I suspect being a big fish in a mid-sized pond is a really nice feeling. He's really appreciated. You know, if, if he was at Man City, let's say, or even at Liverpool, you kind of, there's lots of great players. There's so much press. There's so much buzz and media interest. I think he probably is has a very warm feeling about being such an important, such a valued player at, at a side like uh, Fulham. 
You are mm. where you're supposed to be debating your own player, Dad. You've just basically no, no, done no. that for me. <laughs> no, we we all we all love Jarpolinia. I don't think I don't think there's any controversy over that choice, Sam. Um, that's true. That's true. We we just gave you the easy one because uh, we thought what? you need a bit of a <laughs> leg not? up. Why not? You know, Dad. Why don't you give us your uh, signing of the season though? While you're at it, and a couple yeah. more jabs that... at Sam on the way through too. Sure, <laughs> Let's just party. Yeah, um, I, um, I I was actually quite torn, genuinely torn, between uh, Japlinia or Joao Polinia, as I should uh, practice saying properly, um, and uh, Bert. That's the correct pronunciation, and and Bert Leno. Who I, I it's funny with goalkeepers. I think if if you're a defender or you've been a keeper, I think. It's not lost on you how important keepers are, but I think for for the average fan, there, there, there's something exciting about a guy who scores a hat full of goals or has that potential, or a playmaker who sets up beautiful things, and that that's the kind of easy money. Um, you know, it's it's the very easy thing to love in a team, but if you think about any successful team. Defense is paramount. You can't you can't go anywhere and be successful over the long term unless you have a really solid defense in football. Um, and what I think has been so wonderful about um, about Bert Leno is that I, I see him as being absolutely instrumental, even when our back back four are playing really well. I see him as being the kind of foundation and the rock upon which all of that sits. And, and again, not to sort of jump outside, but um, let, let's not also under, underplay or, or overlook the role that Polina and Harrison Reed have in screening all of that to help them look even better. And we've had seasons at Fulham where we've had good goalkeepers and they've leaked a lot of goals because there's not a unit there. But I feel a bit sorry for Leno in, in how cheaply he was let go at Arsenal. And, I know, and I've commented on this before, and I know that he is kind of a little bit upset that his brand has been somewhat tarnished. But if we signed him for £15 million, pounds, I'd, I'd be unconditionally... I'd I'd still be be naming him as my best best signing because I think his his contribution uh, has been so immense over the season. He's been so incredibly consistent. He hasn't put a foot wrong. I mean, Joao Polina, love him to bits, but there are a couple of elements to his game which could easily see some improvement. Like, you know, by all means, be the highest tackler in the league, but please don't get fourteen yellow cards. Oh, 14, yeah, 14 yellow cards. There's room for improvement there. Um, whereas um, I think it's a much shorter conversation talking about Bert Leno's faults and the areas for improvement that he can, he can grow into. I think we're incredibly lucky to have him. Jack's made the comment before that he's unlikely to be a fly-by-night. He's a guy who, by his CV, 
is is very keen and and seems happy to stay at a club and be part of the furniture. So, you know, for so many reasons, I I, I think he's very very important to this Fulham side. That the, in, in think think about the way Marco Silva is so committed to playing out from the back. That starts with your goalkeeper. He's got to be pretty good with his feet and his distribution's got to be good. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't be happier. What are you smiling for and smirking for, Sam? Oh, just because, like, this answer might as well have been written by J.R. Tolkien. Like, it's just going on forever. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes, it's, uh, it's, it's like Return of the King. I'm just, it just, just when does it end? I mean, it is an awards night. I should have queued up Oscar's music beforehand. Really, um, I'm not the I'm not the recipient. I'm just one of the lovers. Uh, yeah, and, true. They don't play off the you, person introducing the award winner. You um, tenderly, my friend. Go for it. Look, I, I think um, you know Polina Leno both easily pick up signing of the season, uh, and it's really hard to pick between either of them. Um, I'm going to go a slightly different route and say. My signing of the season would be Willian. I think mm. we we know we can score goals, and we scored goals in the championship, but coming up and taking the step up to the Premier League is very different. I think defensively we did need to continue to improve, but if you look at our defence, it's actually fairly similar to last season. I mean, most of the season, apart from Leno and goal, um, last season we played a pretty similar back four, if not exactly the same back four, when... When Tosin's starting alongside Reem, um, Robinson, and Tete, I think going forward though we were always going to be a little bit underpowered. We obviously know that Knockart and Cavalera aren't good enough wingers for the for the Premier League. We needed to make some signings, and bringing in Willian was firstly quite a big risk. I think you look at Leno; he's a proven goalkeeper at the highest level. He's got international caps. You look at Polina, he was, I think, capped by Portugal before he joined Fulham. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think he maybe won the Portuguese League before he joined us as well. Possibly. Played in, played in the Champions League. Willian, however, coming from a pretty torrid time at Arsenal, also um, a, a very bad little stint in Brazil as well, is a big risk to take on Willian. And, and, you know, I've seen a few things popping up recently on Twitter about people bagging out the potential signing of Willian and the fact that we actually picked him up and he was a complete success, I think really, for me, that makes him one of the best signings of the season. You know, he's contributed by scoring goals, not just normal goals either, some incredible goals this year, but also creating a lot. He's bought the best out of Robinson as well. I, I just think he's been such a superb pickup for Fulham and I think we'd really struggle creatively without him. And we saw even when you bring someone like Solomon into the team, who's a really good talent. Yeah. He's just not the same as Willian and can't replicate the performances that Willian has throughout the season. And we, we just don't look the same side going forward without Willian in the side. But I, I would also say that you take any of those three players that we've talked about and take them out of the Fulham team and we don't look the same team. Yeah, so it, it's, it's very much even across the board. Guys, do we want to put it to a bit of a vote? And um, I, I guess work out who we think is our player of the season. Sorry, not player, signing of the season. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I think they've all been excellent points put forward so far. 
but my brain cannot be shifted from Jao Polina. This is probably the one I'm going to be the most staunch on. <laughs> um, that... Look, we. I think it's been pretty well discussed that if you take Polina out of this lineup, Fulham kind of are a very, very different side and the results have been very different. I don't think we've had enough outings against top sides for Bert Leno, for Bert Leno's um, effect to be known. Obviously, Rodak played a number of um, FA Cup games. Uh, it's a bit of a difficult one for me. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, with Polina Sam and, and back you up here because I think, I think his effect, his effect on the whole team, um, I think he's a man that can actually inspire. When, when he puts in a slide tackle and then follows that up with another four tackles and just keeps running and never gives up, that lifts crowds, that lifts teams, and I think he's the kind of player that is quite inspiring for the unit. Mm. So maybe... maybe uh, Maybe maybe he's got that edge. Not not that Bert Leno's saving, you know, uh, twelve ridiculous shots on goal in a, in a game isn't inspiring. But it's probably not quite the same sort of thing. That was one of your longer one word answers. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, look, I'm, I'm not changing a winning formula. There's 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 a theme tonight. Dad's gone rogue. <laughs> We're, we're going to really struggle to keep this under three hours if you do keep answering like that. Um, but look, I'll, I'll also agree with you guys. I think Polina has to take this one. Um, Leno, superb. Willian, superb. And I've included on the live, those following on the live stream as well, we'll see that I've got Pereira there and, and Vinicius there as well as, you know, these are two players who've got picked up as signings. And I, I picked Vinicius in there and I'll give him a bit of a shout out because we weren't expecting to lose Mitro for a very large portion of this season. Consider the fact that Mitra, I think, only played 24 games this season and Vinicius had to step up big time and, and that wasn't what he was signed for. He was signed to come off the bench for a few minutes, play a couple of games. He's actually come in, scored some really important goals for us, performed uh, admirably sometimes, not all the time, but I, I think well, if we when, didn't when have When he was Vinicius, required, Jack, when we think about exactly. it, you know, when he was required through absolute necessity with Mitro being out, he really did step up. He, he, he if delivered. We, if we didn't have Vinicius, we'd be playing Bobby Decadova Reed up front. We'd be doing all sorts of things and trying to find systems that matched us. We'd probably be playing some youth players um, who just are definitely not ready for that step up yet. So, look, I, he's definitely not one of our best players of the season, but in terms of a signing that's had an effect, I think him and Pereira definitely need a shout-out. But I think, sure. look, our first award of the night should go, and it's fitting that it goes to Jao Polina as well. So, um, congrats, Jao. Uh, we'll put it in the post. Um, next award, most improved. Now, Dad, I'll start on you, and we can put the timer on now. Who's your most improved for this season? Well, for for those following the live stream, they can see the players we've got here. The in in, in the mix, we've got Tosin, Harrison, Reed, Kenny, Tete, Reem, and and uh, Anthony Robinson. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to play the sort of underdog game here and talk about guys who fly under the radar. And we've got a couple of these guys, but I'm going to 
put my vote behind Harrison Reed. I know that he has he has impressed in parts at, at Premier League level before, but I think if you cast your mind back to last season, I, I don't think many people really predicted that Harrison Reed would have the season that he's had. And he's an unsung hero in many respects because he does the hard work. It's not the fancy stuff. He's a very, very hardworking player. He's absolutely tireless. And he gives everything to this team. And I think I think he's stepped up incredibly. And I see a huge amount of respect from him, uh, for him, from Silver. I think he's become one of Silver's absolutely trusted and reliable men. Um, and, you know, he, he's... I think the way that he's actually l- learned how to partner with Polina has been so important to us. He could have carried on being the little wind-up, you know, ever-ready battery wind-up bunny for us, but he's actually better than that. He he plays a very clever game alongside Jao Polina, and um, we, we, we've mentioned it so many times, and we're not the only ones to mention it, that... Um, well, some people, and I know, and I know that England is full of very talented midfielders. Harrison Reed has got to be a very unlucky guy to not have at least been given a call up to the squad yeah. to show show what he can do and provide an alternative, even off the bench for England. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, for for what he has done from Championship to absolute shoe-in starter every week. He's kept Lukic out, out of the starting lineup for most of the season. Um, I I think he's done a spectacular job. So, Harrison Reed for me. One thing I, I will say about Harrison Reed is I, I think you're right, he's he definitely been underrated as well. I think he does fly under the radar a lot and he's, he is very unlucky not to actually have got an England call-up this year. And I think that's in part because I know we talked about Polina not getting the plaudits, but when you look at why our defence has done so well this year, it's it's down to Polina. But really, I think Reed adds a lot to that as well. And, and the work that he does on and off the ball is so important to to our successes this year. I definitely agree. He's he's remarkably improved. I, I do have to say that he he was one of our better performers when we were in the Premier League previously. Yep. He, he yep. has always performed well, but this year he definitely seems to have taken it up a, another level because even though he was playing well for us in the Premier League previously, we were never really making noises about England call-ups. Now I think it's very fair to be saying Harrison Reed should be on the radar. Um, Sammy, most improved, I'll, I'll pass across to you. Um, it's a lot to choose from here, but who are you going with? Thank you, thank you. I am going to go with Andreas Pereira. Um, uh, special shout out to the upgrade of the kit from last year. I really, really like the red strip, but I like Andreas Pereira just ever so slightly more. Um, Andreas Pereira for me um, uh, has come from Man United. He um, was completely written off by them, very unfairly in my opinion, and has established himself as a mid-table every single time starting um, a center attacking midfield. I feel like he has been excellent all season. 
Last season, we had no idea really who he was. This season, I think he is a Fulham must-have. He has established himself so prominently in this side. I think he has been excellent for the entire season. And I am going for Andreas Pereira for my most improved based off of that. It's an interesting switch from where you were previously when we last discussed this. Yeah. But, uh, look, I think it's it's definitely um, – he's definitely someone who I think has improved from when he was at Man United. It's hard to give it to someone who's just signed for Fulham, I think, yeah. because we haven't really seen him improve in a Fulham shirt. But I, I definitely agree. We were missing – after Carvalho left especially, we've been missing that um, attacking midfielder. And so Pereira stepping into that mould – as someone who, you know, I think everyone knew that there was talent there. He was just never able to really shine through with the talent um, and actually turn that talent into performances and regular, um, you know, regular good performances as well. I think we've always seen flashes of brilliance, but never um, consistency. So I, I think it's definitely arguable. Um, for me, I'm going in a slightly more defensive direction. Um and it's a bit of a toss-up. It's somewhere between Kenny Tete and Tim Ream for me. I think Tete has always quietly gone under the radar as someone who um, just performs at the highest level. And now that we're in the Premier League and we start to see statistics floating around and um, a, a little bit more detail, and you look at the fact that Kenny Tete, I think he was, he's second in the Premier League this season for tackling percentage when players are dribbling at him so he wins more tackles and I think only Trent Alexander-Arnold um, mm. beat him out for basically being the best right back in the Premier League in terms of statistics this year so you know for someone who got dropped last year for um, you know the last half of the season after we bought in um, Williams on loan it's a it's a real glow up from Kenny Tete I'm gonna say I, yeah, I think totally. he He's massively improved from someone who was struggling to get into our squad to someone who now we we just need every week. But mm. really, for me, most improved has to be Tim Ream. I know he was superb in the championship last season, but we saw him in the Premier League the year before. He he was okay, but we all thought he looked slow. He struggled. He just didn't look like a Premier League player, which everyone was really sad about. We're glad we kept hold of him when we went down to the championship. Um he had another good season in the championship and we sort of went, yep, that's his level came into the premier league this season. And we were all bricking it knowing that Tim Ream was going to be our starting center back. The fact is he's been one of our most impressive players for the whole season. He's been consistent. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, he's easily been our first choice uh, ahead of Diop and Tosin. He's, he's almost the first name on the team sheet. I'd say yeah. you go Polina, Leno, and then Tim uh, Mitro, and then probably Tim Ream after that. It's mm. it's he's so set in stone in that side as our best centre back, and the fact is at the start of the season, like I said, we we probably didn't want him as our centre back, and we're shouting out in the transfer window, going, "We need more defenders, we need more centre backs," because Tim Ream can't do it in the Premier League, and he's completely proved us wrong. He's had such an outstanding season. Um, scoring goals as well, you know, just mm. keeping clean sheets, just doing everything perfectly. And, you know, I think it all can be said when Pep Guardiola said, look, if he was 10 years younger, he'd be playing for Man City. He's, he's yeah. that good. And 10 years ago, he wasn't that good. 
because if he was, he would be playing for Man City, but he was playing for Bolton, I think, 10 years ago. So it just shows how much he's improved in literally the last two years. Um, and I think for me, Tim Ream is my most improved, hands down. Um, happy to debate, though, and chuck it to a bit of a vote, guys. What do you, Sammy, I'll throw to you first. Has, has anyone swayed your decision? Um, I think uh, Tim Ream for me has um, swayed me. Um, I also want to point out that I think he's been an excellent captain. I think mm. um, Tim Ream's trajectory over like the past two years has just gone from yeah established player in the side to absolute linchpin. I and yeah, I think he was great last season but i think he's been excellent all season this season so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go tim ream for you yeah i'll chuck on top of that as well actually sammy the fact that before the season started with the world cup coming up in december oh, i remember yeah, the yeah the u.s coach came out and said tim ream is too old to be playing for the usa he's not getting picked for the world cup squad mm. but his performances were so impressive throughout the season that he just had to get picked and then had a great World Cup as well on top of that. Yeah, he did. Dad, I'll throw to you. Um, have anyone swayed your decision there? Um, sure. Um, I I feel like I, I, th- I feel like Tim Ream is really deserving of it on a number of different levels, really. I think he's a he's clearly a very good egg. He's he's a very good guy to have uh, as part of this unit, and I think um it's it's you know what it's like when you play in a cricket football any kind of team's side where you're led by a captain who isn't a first pick because he's a good captain and he's a good guy he's been around the club forever and i i think that's a really sad sort of situation where the guy wears the armband isn't doesn't really hold his position and yeah. i'm so pleased that tim ream has, um, you know, been all the things that you've described, Jack, is that maybe th- third or fourth pick on the team sheet. Um, and it kind of justifies his overall uh, place in this side. Um, so, but what I, what I would say is, you know, I, 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 there's been no one harder in this group on Tosin over the last couple of years. And I have to say that, He's he's really really improved big time this oh, year. Look at you, you're um, mm. Dan <laughs> James really... most improved as well. Yeah, just throw it out. Mm, just feel mm, the love, mm, man. Feel the love. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> you know, Tosin, he he he's actually really come on in leaps and bounds. He's he's still a bit error prone, but geez, he's he's he, he looks confident. He looks. Um, very settled out there and certainly not out of place at all. And his creativity is really valuable. And certainly over the last few weeks when Tim Ream's been out, I think he's probably been the standout centre-back uh, with with Diop being shifted to his less favourable side. The other guy that's on, on the, um, <clears throat> the, the slide here is Anthony Robinson. And he, he's obviously had a great season as well. And I'm not sure that everyone could hand on heart say that they picked Anthony Robinson to have this good a season. Um, so he's he's definitely worth a solid mention. Um, mm. But I, I think I think I think I'm with you guys. Um, 
I would probably probably agree with you on the Tim Ream. I want to give it to him. Yeah, I think it's um, a, a fair result to give Tim Ream most improved. I think, you know, like we've mentioned, he, he's just come on leaps and bounds from the player who we were worried about starting a centre-back to someone who we're always searching for now on the team list to make sure that we're going to be solid at the back. If Ream's there, we feel pretty confident most weeks. So, um, yeah, look, I, I definitely feel like it's it's well-deserved for Tim Ream to, to take home most improved. On to our next one. We've got goal of the season. Now, we'll fly through this one a bit, but if you're following on the live stream, I've got a bit of video to play through. Um, Dad, I'll throw to yours first. We have um, a, a special goal here. Why don't you just tell us why you picked this one? Now, if you can, Dad, can you tell us in under three minutes because your last answer was longer than the hit song My Girl by The Temptations because I did time it. I love you. I always will. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird kind um, of love, but go on. Yeah. Are you going to play it, Jack, or do you want me to just... Uh, well, t- tell me why you it. picked it and then I'll play it. Yeah. Um, I I love this guy. He, he He's... The most he, for me, he has been the most exciting thing to watch all season. I think he his his level of skill, his how can I express it in any other, other way? But just sheer brilliance um, is next level. And I'm talking about William. Uh, when when he gets the ball, generally speaking, special things happen. He's exciting. He's unpredictable. He, you know, he he can he can do it with both feet. He's creative. He's he's masterful. And the goal that um, I'm picking is the incredible goal against Forrest, where he 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 basically has no other option other than to put it in one very small corner of the top left corner of the goal that's the only there's, there's players in front of him he puts someone on the floor from memory uh to create some space it goes to his left foot um which which is unusual for him because he's normally looking to shoot on his right foot and he goes to his left foot from out from from the right hand side of the box and puts it in the top left corner absolute genius i loved every minute of it uh, well, and let me uh, pop it up on the stream for everyone to see now. Now, and uh, see if we can like get another one for him. But here's William with a header down for Polina on the turn. It was blocked. Bobby Decker Dover Reed. The angle was too tight. It's back across the box. Here's William again. Works it onto the right foot, back onto the left foot. Goes wow. for goal. What, what a goal. goal! Absolute worldie from William. <laughs> 1 0 to Fulham. What a lovely goal. They were uh, trying to clear their lines, desperately trying to get the ball out of their box. They made a couple of blocks. Yeah, excellent goal. Yep, uh, not too much really you can say about that. It was something special. Um, and also been nominated for goal of the season in the Premier League as well. So it just shows how good a goal it was. Um, Sammy, I'll throw to yours next. Explain why you picked it. It's not hard to explain this one, but go, go and try for us. Look, it's it's the obvious answer. Look, is it an amazing goal? In like in actuality, probably not. But just with every bit of context behind the goal, it's Vinicius's header against Chelsea. He had one thing that he needed to do, and just 
the sheer elation of that moment, the pride of that moment, the explosion, the passion of that moment. I hate Chelsea so much. That was everything. I just, I, that was all I wanted from that day. And I got it. And I was so happy with that goal. Oh, I, the, I, I, there, there are goals this entire season that have been excellent. And that for me is the goal that just sticks in my brain. I play it on repeat. I love that goal so much. Vinicius versus Chelsea. Let's play it now. Right to in towards Vinicius. Back for Polina. Pushes it for Kenny Tetti. Right hand side. Back for Pereira. Whips the cross in first time. Vinicius. Yeah! He's done it! Ow! Oh! <laughs> Vinicius with the header. It's 2 1 to Fulham. And Andreas Pereira with a peach of a cross, an absolute Brahma from the right-hand side. Vinicius. I love every second of it. It almost, it almost gives me a tear, like genuinely. He, he just looks so happy, and I'm just so happy for him. I love that goal. I'm trying to work out how I can sync up the Gentleman Jim audio stream with my Optus Sport video stream so that I can actually enjoy the season a bit better. I do miss Optus uh, Optus Sport is so crap that the two-minute delay that Jim has probably lines up perfectly to Optus Sport most of the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just for the the historical implications of that goal, I think that it just has to be... It'll always be talked about. It's, you know, it doesn't happen very often that we beat Chelsea. The fact that it's a new player in Vinicius who was standing in for Mitro and you can just see, like you said, how much it means to him and to the rest of the team. But also, what a ball from Pereira that was. Oh, such a good ball. Such a good ball. It's it's Again. it's a really good finish, but the ball in is just top oh, class. Sensational. Sensational. Um, I love look, guys, I'll, I'll round it out with mine. Um, they always say don't fall in love with a lone player, and this was probably pretty close to the moment that I did fall in love with a lone player. And... Who knows if he's going to be with us next season? I hope so. Um, it kind of sounds like, I don't know if you guys saw on, on I think he posted on Instagram saying, see you next season, but Manor Solomon and his goal that he scored against Brighton, uh, a game where we just got dominated for pretty much the entire game. I think Brighton had at least two goals um, ruled out through VAR during the game. Um, it looked like we were going to sneak away with an undeserved point and ended up going home with all three. I'll play the goal for you now, but it's Manor Solomon against Brighton. As well, but there's a loose ball from Kenny Tetti. He was looking for Polina, didn't find him, but then good work from Vinicius winning the loose ball. Finding Manor Solomon. There he is! 1 0 to Fulham. Manor Solomon! <laughs> He's done it again! It's really good goal as well. It's really <laughs> and good goal. Look, it, it's not even the best goal, but it's the fact that we had kind of struggled throughout that game. And, you know, Fulham's always been a team that are a little bit Fulhamish, where those are the games where you just pick up nothing because Brighton dominated us. They get not lucky as such, but we don't get any luck. We don't get the rub of the green in those games and we lose those games. And that's, I'm not going to say it's the reason we've been a yo yo club for a few years, but it's a big contributing factor that sometimes you just don't get the luck i think this season we did get some luck but also we we managed to put away um opportunities like that where you know you have one good chance in a whole game you put it away and you win the game 
that's actually what helps you finish 10th in the season. Mm, totally. Because a couple more instances like that, and I'd say the Vinicius goal is a little bit like that. I know we we did probably we were probably the better side against Chelsea, albeit they had 10 men for that game. Um, but it was just one opportunity that Vinicius was able to put away. And um, this season, we, we saw players put away those opportunities far more often. So, yeah, look, I, I'm going with, with Solomon for my one, purely for the fact that, um, you know, he, he'd been scoring goals for fun. It, it was just another one of those, but also the fact that we beat Brighton, who had constantly been talked about as this brilliant side in the Premier League, and they are very good. Fair play to Brighton, but... I feel like Fulham at that point in the season were having as good a season as Brighton and just getting overlooked completely. So it was really nice to get one up on them. Um, guys, I, I genuinely could pick any one of these three. Sammy, I'll throw to you first. Has your mind been swayed by any of these? Are you sticking with Vinny? I think Armour Williams' goal is technically probably our best goal of the season. I, it's it's truly a thing of beauty. It's a really, really lovely thing. But... I cannot, I cannot give up my love for Vinicius's goal because it's that for me. That's just the goal of the season. Like it just, it's just burned into my brain in the best possible way. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be my Taurus self and dig my heels in on that one. Stick with Vinny, Dad. How are you feeling? Are you riding the Willian train? Are you gonna switch to uh, to Vinicius? Well, thinking about this, it's all about whether you really want to back the technically brilliant goal or whether you want to really go for the drama and the story. And if if you are interested in the drama and the story, there's one other honourable mention here, and that's the that's the um, Polina goal against, is it Forrest? The one where he yeah. curls it, a long shot, he curls it in the his- top left corner. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. really and cool. and w- what what I loved about that is not any of them. He makes a tackle, follows it up, has the vision and the insight. Oh no, to kind that's of... the, the one where he makes a tackle and follows it up. I think that's Leeds, that long distance okay. one in the cup. Mm. Uh, is that the one that curves curves in from from like yeah. thirty five yards? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But what I loved about that is that to me was the moment that he really felt like he was a significant player. You remember he he looks around, doesn't know where to run, and he turns and he runs to the crowd, jumps over the barrier, earns a yellow card for celebrating, and he's he's hitting a badge. And it's a very emotional goal. And not only is it pretty technically sweet, but it's a very emotional goal. And I feel like that was a real galvanizing point for him as as a player in this team. But... Having said all of that, I, I can't get past the Willian goal in terms of just technical brilliance and sheer beauty. Respect. Oh, Respect. that means it's on me. Um, uh, maybe I should just pick the Solomon goal so it's a three-way tie. But no, I'm going to... Oh, this is a tough one. As much as I want to give it to the Vinicius goal, I think goal of the season has to be the most impressive goal of the season, not necessarily the most important goal. And therefore, I have to agree and give it to Willian because just the, the way he takes the ball down, he faints to go right, realises that it's going nowhere, in doing so, completely puts a player on his ass, and then puts it over about four players' heads into a postage stamp of a top corner. It, it's just technically sublime, a, an sublime. incredible goal. Um, and, you know, we saw some great goals from Solomon curling them from outside the box 
week after week in the exact same spot and they're good finishes but this one just had something a little bit different and uh, uh yeah look Willian for me has to win goal of the season so um yeah I think well done to Willian there um moving on best individual performance now um I'll kick off this one um and I'm gonna say Polina against Man United uh I don't know the exact number of tackles he put in in that game but he was everywhere and it was the last game before the world cup and i just remember feeling after a performance like that it feels like a bit of a watershed moment where you just go oh shit everyone's going to find out about how good polina is now mm. because he just shut down man united admittedly i don't think they had casemiro in that game yeah he was which he was, was going to be going to be a bit of a difference anyway for them but polina just completely stopped man united from doing anything for the entire game he was so dominant. He made so many tackles, so many interceptions, one headers. And it, it's just the mark of a really classy player when you can be a defensive midfielder and stand out so, so greatly. Uh, I just think, uh, and, you know, without scoring a goal, without assisting a goal, the fact is we, we're applauding a player for their defensive work, which doesn't happen very often. And I, I just think Polina multiple times this season has been really impressive, but particularly that game against Man United where I just felt like that was a bit of a moment where we saw, we knew he was a good player, we knew he was talented, but all of a sudden you look at it and you go, this guy is really special. And so for me, the Polina performance against Man United, I think, is standout, best individual performance of the season. Um, yeah. Sammy, I'll, I'll hmm. throw to you next for, for your pick. I uh, I can uh, I can totally understand where you're coming from with Jalpenia against Man United. That was an amazing, amazing performance. I mean, again, this comes down to technicality or storytelling for me. And I like my football days of our lives drama style. I like I like narratives. I like context. I like buying into like the politics. I like buying into the moment. So for me. It's going to be uh, Tim Ream versus Manchester City. Oh, like Tim Ream gave absolutely everything in this game. He gave his arm in this game. Um, like in terms of what Tim Ream should be capable of and what he did, he held off Haaland. He did so amazing in the, this in this game, and I just, I, I just this. This I was like, you are a hero to me. You are, you have cemented yourself to me as the brave, um, a collateral damage. And for me, it was um, best individual performance, just because of the drama of everything Tim Ream went through in this moment. I love, I love this game. <laughs> I love, I love football. I love life. I love football. <laughs> I love life. <laughs> I love this game. Dad, I'll throw to you. You, you've picked Burnt Leno um, against Leicester, but I guess just in general, Burnt Leno full stop um, as probably one of the most impressive keepers all season. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I need to go through and, and recount that particular game against Leicester, but in that game, Burnt Leno kind of reminded me of an old Hollywood Western where this guy's holed up. He might have been a baddie, but he's holed up in a house and all of his 
teammates or his gang are all dead and he picks up the weapons and he's got like rounds of ammunition around him and he's got four rifles and he's just shooting everything to defend himself and he's like last man standing and he just won't give up and they just can't get past him it was an unbelievable effort but um i i almost don't want to rely on on that game alone because there have been bits and pieces where this guy's done the same thing, perhaps not the same frequency, but this guy's done the same kind of thing where individually he's either kept us in a game and kept us, kept a clean sheet to halftime to give us a chance where maybe we weren't actually scoring a lot of goals or even looking like scoring. And he's kept us in games so many times. And um, I, I just think that it's, again, one, it's very easy to, to froth um, a striker taking on a keeper. But a keeper, once the defensive wall has been breached, a keeper is so on his own and it requires a, a genius level of either guile and experience to, to know when to make you a run and to cut off a guy coming at you or just to be an incredible uh, shot stopper. And I, I, I think that game against uh, Leicester was... Yeah, perhaps his opus this year. He was really terrific. He was superb. I, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was something like 13 or 14 saves in that game. It was mm. it was just a, a one-man show. And, mm. you know, you do see it from keepers occasionally where they, they come out and they have brilliant, brilliant games and make a, make a bunch of saves. But really, Leno made probably five or six saves that should have been goals. And on top of that, Fulham came out with a win from that game as well. So, um, and, and I totally agree. I think throughout the season, there were multiple times where Leno was the reason we took points home. And uh, I think he's by far the best player that we've had as a goalkeeper since Mark Schwartzer and probably since Van der Sar on top of that as well. Yeah. And even though he's been with us for just one season, I'd already put him up there as one of the best goalkeepers we've had in the Premier League era. Um I know we, we talk about how good Areola was for his one season, but I think Leno surpassed that already. Um, and I, I'm just so glad to have a keeper of his ability in our squad and, and hopefully around for much longer as well. Um, Sammy, I'll throw to you first. Anything? Are you sticking with Tim Ream or are you going to potentially be swayed by some pretty good points? I think I have been swayed by um, Jow at Manchester just because upon reflection, I mean, it's really hard to argue that one. I mean, I, I like an odyssey. I like, I like, I like, I like storytelling in my football, but I think I can concede that Jowpolini against Man United was probably performance of the season in my opinion. Dad? Um, I can't argue that his performance was absolutely stellar, but I still believe that uh, Leno's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still back in Leno at at uh, Leicester. I'm actually probably going to change mine. I I, I think Polina was brilliant against Man United, and it was one of the best performances of the season. But uh, I do agree that the amount of points that Leno has probably won 
off his own back for Fulham this year mean that he probably deserves the award for best individual performance because without Leno in that game, we take home no points rather than three. And I think there's multiple instances like that throughout the season. 100%. I think Polina, I mean, we lost that game admittedly, but Polina, if we, if we didn't have him, I'd say we might've still got by okay. But when your goalkeeper is pulling off saves left, right and center as, um, as Leno did in that game, I think it's hard to look past him. So I, I'm happy to award Leno against Leicester as best individual performance of the season. Um, on to a potentially controversial one, and I think the chaos of the live stream picture here encapsulates the uh, the category flop of the year. Now, we have quite a few people that I've put forward here as potential winners, um, some maybe more contentious than others. Dad, I'll throw to you first for your flop of the year. <laughs> well, in our discussion um, about this before before this episode, um, they're, they're actually, I, I think there are quite a, quite a few candidates for this. Surprisingly, in in, mm. in what has been a wonderful season, I think we all found it pretty easy to come up with quite a few candidates for this, but. For me, it's hard to go past, and I feel I feel bad for <clears throat> um, kind of highlighting this because I feel a bit sorry for the bloke. But for me, Ke Kevin Mbabu uh, um, was was not a success. I other other than his one assist, which was you know very impressive. Um, and it happened in a fairly early part of the season where we were still really establishing ourselves. And he looked good because he, 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 from memory, um, that assist came very soon after he was uh, subbed on. But, but unfortunately, he did not perform for us. Uh, we, we needed him uh, on a couple of occasions at left back and he showed his lack of versatility um and I, I i think he's he really struggled to adjust to the premier league um i'm i'm not saying he's a terrible footballer he's obviously was quite successful actually prior to being signed um and he looked like a, a cool guy and so i feel really bad for him you know that that this has completely hasn't worked out and um I guess two or three. Um, he he had two or three or four opportunities, and when when they all went south, it was very clear that Silver just didn't have a belief in him, and that was the end of it for him. So I, I'm I'm pleased that he's actually gone back to one of his old previous clubs, and has had a pretty good season mm -hmm. uh, by all accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, because I wish. No, no harm or ill on the guy, but really, um, not not a good piece of business from a Fulham perspective. I think, especially because he'd been so lauded. I remember he was in the team of the year in the Bundesliga a couple of years ago. Um, Newcastle had him when he was still quite young, and he was really well well thought of. And I was really excited for him to join because I know he does have the ability. He just didn't show it once this season, apart from one good ball in for an assist um, to help us beat Brentford. But really, on top of that, it was um, a pretty poor 
poor signing and a poor poor season from Mbabu. Um, Sammy, I'll throw to you next for your flop of the year. Oh, my one. I will I will lose people in the comments on this one. This will be the most controversial one, I'm sure. But you know what? I got to stick to how I feel. My flop of the season is Alexander Mitrovic for getting himself kicked out of the Premier League for eight games just because of a blow up at Manchester. I thought that was so unprofessional and uh, in the long run uh, severely detrimented our season, completely derailed us for at least four games, I'd say. Scored 15 goals, which is amazing, but could have scored a lot more. Um, uh, yeah, that I can't. I can't get over that. I have not been able to get over that for the entire season. I don't care if people come for me. That's my pick. Suck it up, Sammy. Um, I will go with Levan Kazawa. I think signing a. And it's weird because I, I think it's very similar to Mbabu as well. Signing a a really highly regarded defender to be cover that we really needed this season and then having him basically be injured for the entire year. When he came on, he looked slow and just didn't look like he really fit. And it, it's, a, it's a real shame because you sign someone like that and you go, okay, this is good. He's played for PSG. He's got international caps. Like this guy's going to be a really solid squad player, and he just wasn't that. And unfortunately, it meant that in the winter transfer window uh, in January, we needed to sign another defender and take up another loan spot where we could have signed potentially someone else and brought someone else in more attacking if um, Kazawa had actually worked out. So I just feel like it was it just felt like such a waste to bring in someone like that. And we we're probably paying a fair chunk of his wages as well. And he basically sat on the bench all year. I know he came off and scored a couple of FA Cup goals, but he just felt like I just wanted more from him because he's such a talented player and he can do it at the highest level. He just didn't for Fulham. And and I feel like that it constitutes a flop completely. Um, the others that we've included on the live stream here in the, in the graphic, we've got Chalaba for his... Um, I call it a cameo against Newcastle, getting sent off and then us getting thumped for our biggest loss of the season. And I've included Dan James there purely because Dad just really dislikes him. Um, <laughs> but also just the fact that Dan James is one of those blokes who you kind of expect more from um, mm. because, again, he's he's got a lot of Premier League experience and I think we needed him to step up when we had Solomon and um, Wilson injured through the year and he just didn't. And I think that really constitutes a flop for me. Um, yeah. But guys, who are we going to give this to? Dad, I'll throw to you first. Is there any argument that's changed your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think when I think about Mbabu, um, I, I don't know what we were paying for him in terms of wages, but he was by no means an elite level player. I didn't expect him to be. I, I thought he was uh, someone who, may step up, may be great for us, but I had very low expectations of him. And from my reckoning or memory, he I, I don't think he was costing us a fortune in wages and we offloaded him successfully, right? We didn't have him in rehab for a bunch of the year that 
getting utterly nothing out of him. So for me, when I think about it, Kazawa is a disaster because mm. he's, he comes from PSG. He's got international caps. He's a cool guy. You know, based on his Instagram, he should be uh, even better, right? But he, um, he's got a cool Instagram, Sam. But I'm not sure if that like equates to technique and ability, but sure, why not? Yeah, but but he, uh, other than his weird uh, ability to score goals in the FA Cup, he looked largely out of sorts and way off the pace in the Premier League. And at 90k a week, assuming we we copped all of that in terms of his wages, that's a that's a big disappointment. And again, I feel sorry for these guys individually, um, but it's a massive disappointment. So I'm actually folding in behind you, Jack, with Kazawa. Yep, Sammy. Yeah, I do. I do want to point out um, that um, Messi was very talented before he got a lot of followers on Instagram. So they're not. They're not. They're not exclusive. They're mutually exclusive. <laughs> um, but I am also going to go with Kazawa. I feel like that's. Yeah, I feel like you guys have pushed me in that direction. I can concede that one. I think we're happy to take it there, and. I think um, the fact that I could only find an extremely low-res picture of Kazara as well just shows <laughs> how little he made a mark on the pitch this year. In the mix, um, too. Yeah, I know. So, uh, flop of the year, Laven Kazawa. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Mr. Underrated, uh, I think a very important award to win here, and um, I'll kick us off, and I'll go with Harrison Reed. I think we've we've kind of covered this already, but the fact is that Reed slips under the radar so often and is is kind of outshone by his uh, centered down midfield partner. Um, I, I think it's it's easy for someone like him to be overlooked, and I think he's really underrated with everything that he does. I think his passing has improved this year. His defensive abilities is continuing to improve as well. He's always in the right place at the right time, and the fact that he's added goal scoring to his repertoire this season i think for me harrison reed gets mr underrated yeah no i can see that um dad i'll, I'll throw to you next i want to give you um if not an award but may, maybe just like a little rosette uh for most improved as well because you have actually spelt underrated correctly this time which is great. i know thank you, you were picked you were picked up on that um so for, for those yeah well done um, I don't, I'm not sure if you called out the nominees here for those not on the live stream, but we're looking at um, on the slide. It's Kenny Tete, um, Wilson, Tosin, Diop, and Harrison Reed. Um, and I, I, I feel that Kenny Tete uh, really gets the vote here because I don't think anyone could have picked his. Level, level of success at Premier League level. Um, as Jack mentioned before, we've obviously talked about him a little, a little bit on this episode. Um, his stats are incredible. Uh, his fight, uh, and he's he's kind of he's grown into himself, hasn't he? I mean, his 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 level of belief is un, quite unbelievable, actually. Um, the fact that he. To, to be that successful in the best competition in the world, 
as a right back, both technically and as a contributor to your team, and still be overlooked by your national squad, let alone national team, is astounding. Uh, his face clearly just doesn't fit in Holland, which is astonishing. And I, I feel very sorry for him. But in a way, uh, it's probably good for us because if he was on a even bigger stage and got to perform at the national level, um, perhaps he'd be scouted even harder than, than, than he is right now. Although I did see mm -hmm. yesterday that um, uh, and I think these are unconfirmed and probably not very reliable sources suggesting that Kenny Tete was uh, being targeted by a couple of scummy teams from up north. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I look. I um, I can't speak highly of, highly enough of the guy. I think um, um, you, you know you you were talking about first picks from Polina, Mitrovic, Leno, Tim Ream. Geez, if he's not in the mix for one of the first four or five picks, I think Kenny Tete is up there as well. Yep, I have to agree. He's had a great year. And, um, Sammy, you're Mr. Underrated. You know, uh, I was actually going to go for Harrison Reed, but uh, sorry, not Harrison Reed, uh, Harry Wilson. But upon looking at the lineup, I'm going to change it on the fly to Big Issa Diop because uh, I, I really love the Harry Wilson redemption arc of coming back and finding his feet and then really establishing himself again. But if I think of Diop this season, I think of consistency. I think of a really solid partner for Tim Ream. And I feel that he has been in the conversation for great performances all season. Maybe didn't necessarily have like a major standout, but always been so solid. Um, literally, he had a poor performance against Crawley. And then that was basically it. After that, I think he's been such a good signing for us. And he's just been so, um, uh, how, like, what, what's even the word? He's just been so stable at the back. And so I'm, I'm going to put it to Issa Diop for Mr. Underrated. I feel like he does deserve that. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, guys, how do we feel? Dad, Sam, are you wavering at all or um, sticking to your posts? Yeah, look, just a comment that I think we had uh, Wilson in there as... I don't think Wilson is underrated. I think he's actually... Um, I, I think he's about where he should be. I think we had high hopes for Wilson coming into the Premier League season. Obviously got injured and then he really struggled to come back. And then he proved himself to be about where I think he fits. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think he's underrated because I don't think he's some stellar talent that mm. could really kick on and go go play for, I don't know, Bayern Munich or, I don't know, one of the Spanish epic teams. But, um, and, and I and also have to say that I love, I love Issa Diop and I'm so happy that we signed him. And, you know, the guy got switched out of his favoured position when Tim Ream got injured and he still did a really great job. Yeah. And I, I, I think he, I think he loves being at Fulham as well because he wasn't getting a lot of love where he was before. And so I'm very happy to have him around. But for me, um, on a, on a global stage, Kenny Tete takes, takes the award. 
Sammy, any change for you? Mm. See, my uh, my whole thing is I think Kenny Tete is kind of rated now in the same way that Harrison Reed is kind of rated. I still think Issa Diop doesn't necessarily get the appreciation he probably deserves, hence why I voted for him. Ooh, fair, fair. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick. I'm going to stick to it. Uh, I'm going to twist. I think Kenny Tete is my man. I think you could give it to any one of those five that we've got on screen there, but um, the fact that Tete is still not being picked for Netherlands when he's obviously their best right back. I know we talk about Harrison Reed should be getting called up for England. England have a lot of good players. Harrison Reed's having a really good year. Kenny Tete is genuinely the best right back in the Netherlands uh, in the Netherlands group of players that they can pick from, and he's still not getting picked. And I think that if anything, says how underrated he is. And so Kenny Tete, for me, Mr. Underrated. Yeah. So Guys, on to the final one. We need to try and wrap it up fairly quickly here. Um, we've got player of the season. Now, I'll, I'll read out the nominees on screen here. It could be any of these quite easily. Tim Ream, Kenny Tete, Jao Polina, Bernd Leno, Andreas Pereira, and Alexander Mitrovic. I think any of those six could easily be voted as player of the season. Honourable mention to Willian as well, who had a superb year, and pretty much every other member of the Fulham squad. You really could hand it out to anyone because of how well we've played and how far above expectation we've done. Um, and look, we've we've already discussed all of these players at length so far, but Dad, I'll throw to you quickly first. Who's your pick for player of the season? Uh, Bert Leno, because as I mentioned before, how can you value? How can you put a greater value on? Well, what is the importance of a guy who can actually keep you in the game and give you the opportunity to half time or even the seventieth minute against even the best sides to give you a chance of getting points? He's exceptional. Jaapolinia, um, brilliant, um, but he but he's a he's a he's a partnership player. Jaapolinia on his own is not the midfield. Um, Bert Leno, he, on his own, is 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 saving that ball from the net, and uh, I, I know he's got a screen in front of him. But for me, um, yeah, Bert Leno. Sammy, I'll throw it to you. Uh, for me, it's 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 so you you said before you don't think um, Jalpalinia is the midfield. I completely contest that he is daddy midfield it is his it is his season uh if i think of fulham this season it is him i know at the start of the year me and jack had a brief conversation of who was the poster boy and jack said mitrovic for me it is unequivocally undisputedly japolina i i love this man i think he is absolutely sensational and when i think of this season i think of him it is japolina I love you endlessly. I, I think that's that's fair, and you could. I, I think the two that you guys have put forward are probably the standouts for player of the season. My vote, though, is going to go to Tim Ream. I think Great for shout. for reasons we've already discussed, he's been so impressive, and I think mainly because he wasn't considered as someone who'd even be able to hold their own at Premier League level. And at the end of the day, he's been one of our best players 
week in, week out in the Premier League this season. Tim Ream, uh, look, for the age of the guy and how well he's continuing to perform, I think he would be a worthy recipient of Player of the Season. But And his role as, as captain, right? On, exactly. on and off the field, in yeah. the dressing room, exactly. on the pitch. But look, I'll, I'll open it up, Sammy. I know you're definitely not changing your vote here for Japalenia. Yeah, um, yeah. Dad, I'll throw to you. Can you be swayed? Oh, look, um, I really want to register my support for Jao Polenia because he's been absolutely incredible. But I think I need to stick with Leno because I, I, I don't want to fold in behind Polenia and lose the visibility of Leno's role this season. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Leno. I don't mind if this goes three ways. <laughs> look, I, I don't think it's going to go three ways purely because... Leno and Polina are the standouts for me. I think between them, it's very hard to split. Um, do, do we do we split it between them and just give them both Player of the Season? Uh, yeah, no, I think we do. Give it to, no, give it, to give it to Chapolinia. Give it to Chapolinia. No, I think we do because I think they both mean so much to this team individually, but also as a group. You know, as a defensive unit, these two have Jao's protected the defense. And when yep. it gets through Zhao, Leno stopped the goals. Zhao, I didn't I consent think... to this. I didn't consent to this. If you're listening, Zhao, just, just know that. You don't consent news. to anything, Sam, so <laughs> you're just a passenger. Um, look, I, I'm happy there to actually split it between Polina and Leno. I, I genuinely don't think you can pick between the two of them. I think they've both been so good this season and so standout as two incredible players for Fulham this year that we're so, so lucky to have. I, I just think it would be harsh to try and split it between the two of them. So I'm more than happy to split this one between Leno and Polina and award them both joint player of the season. And I feel pretty good about that. So, guys, look, that concludes our awards night, the That's So Craven 22-23 awards. I, I think we've managed to cover off everything here and really give uh, a good shout-out to the players who've performed so admirably throughout the whole season. It's been one to remember, and um, I really look forward to to talking about this in years to come with with every Fulham fan because this is just such a historical season for us, and I, I'm I'm so happy that we've been doing this podcast throughout this season, especially because it's been so enjoyable just to talk Fulham every single week, where we're having these great results and seeing these great players who will go on to be cult heroes for years to come for Fulham fans all around the world. So it's been really enjoyable and I think we've made some good decisions with our awards tonight as well. Um, look, in the in the coming days, hopefully next week we'll be going through and doing a bit of a squad wrap-up as well and looking at potential incomings and outgoings in the squad. Uh, I've seen a few clubs releasing players recently. I don't know if Fulham will do that in the next few days, so we'll definitely keep a bit of an ear out and then we'll be um, running with our squad review of the season. Um, and then we're looking at finalising a date for the That's So Craving quiz as well, which will be coming in the next few weeks. So do keep an eye out on our socials for all those announcements. Sammy, thank you very much for joining us tonight for this one. Thank you so much for having me. Every Fulham fan is a winner in my eyes. The only loser is Chelsea. Thank you very much. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And, Dad, thank you as well. Yeah, thanks, guys. I enjoyed that. And what, can I just say that on... A reflection and observation here we've talked an awful lot about 
the standout season that our defenders, midfielders and defenders and goalkeepers have had. And apart from William and comments around Pereira's season, um, geez, there's some upside for us going forward, isn't there, in terms mm. of consistent standout goal scoring and attacking prowess. So maybe that's where, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where we can really improve next season. Yeah, definitely. And look, we'll talk about that in the next podcast as well in, in a bit more depth and dive into how we see Fulham lining up for next year. But guys, thank you again for joining us on the live stream to all who've, who've um, hopped on on YouTube mainly, which is great to see. And uh, we look forward to putting out another one of these podcasts very soon uh, to talk about the Fulham squad. And until then, come on you whites. <laughs>